Hi, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Hashira Half Hour. I'm Hannah, and this week I feel like Tondro just getting spun around in that room with no sure footing, just trying to figure out my life and screaming while I do it. I'm Hannah, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily and Brian. Hi, guys, it's Emily. I'm happy to join you again this week. This week, I'm feeling a little bit like uh, Kyogai being ripped down for being a bad writer by his dad. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> What? <laughs> Either that or, or maybe or maybe the paper's being stepped on. We'll get to that in a minute, but happy to join y'all this week as always. What's up, y'all? Um it's me, B Rye. I am the body shop where the unholy things take place in Sam Smith's mind. Um <laughs> the song. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you've been on TikTok. Unfortunately, at all. yes. <laughs> is everywhere it's actually a bop though i listened to the full version the other day and i was like okay <laughs> all right sammy but yeah i'm we're here we're hanging on strong so you know what to do let's go we're making it happen you know it's been a rough year it's been a crazy year but it's october it's under 100 degrees you know we can't complain a whole lot right i'm wearing a sweater like come on <laughs> All right. Well, today we are speaking on episode 13, which is called Something More Important Than Life. I love that title. Uh, This is where we close up our fight against Kyogai and our trio officially meet all three at the same time. It's quite the meeting, which we will touch on that a little bit later. Um, But first, I do want to talk about the tail end of Tanjiro versus Kyogai and unpack that uh, fight scene a little bit. So, um, as we touched on, I think last episode, we are really starting to see Tandro's battle smarts and his really intense drive to get things done. So what are your thoughts on his ability to adapt to the situation and take Kyogai down? Of course, right. Tandro again, protagonist boy. We love to see it. Um, <clears throat> I think his ability kind of is finally coming out, right? Like he's finally like getting a rhythm down. Like every time he faces a demon at this point, right? We've seen his like ability to assess the situation, maybe not like make an advance in the battle, right? Maybe it's a stalemate for a little bit, but he really has gotten better at like better assessing and better taking steps to at least try new strategies in a fight. And I think that when he started to breathe a little bit and start to like apply that breathing more directly to his situation, like with this leg and being like, okay, now I can do this, right? He's finally adapting. And I think that's what it kind of it takes to become a Hashira in the long term is those like continual situations where you see something going awry, but how do you respond to it? And I think that's something that we see in this episode develops with Entendro. Yeah, he is very observant um, and he's able to pick up on the patterns and the movements very quickly. And I think that, you know, part of that is just his like sharp concentration. And yes, the breathing um, helping to adjust that even further. Um, Some of it, I think, is also just like instinctual. You know, he's able to move quickly. He's able to utilize his keen sense of smell to determine like where attacks are coming from. He points out that, uh, you know, there's like a moldy smell before I think the slash attacks that happen. So he's able to rely on that keen sense that he's always had. And to an extent, I think that, um, you know, his empathy and his kindness is so inherent in him 
that it's also one of his most volatile weapons against the demons because the thing that allows him that moment to get that breath and to reassess where he is is uh you know he he takes this moment to like land when the spinning stops for just a brief second and he makes sure not to step on any of the papers mm-hmm. um you know that are belonging to the demon and this really takes the demon aback for a moment and so that brief <clears throat> pause gives him the time that he needs but it also throws off his enemy enough to be able to give him the advantage i think in the situation so something that he has inherent in him that i don't think you would usually apply to like fighting styles but it seems like it works pretty well when he you know just has these inherent traits that he's able to utilize in any given circumstance yeah i thought it was interesting that that moment where he's trying to not step on the the papers kind of was a two or like a double-edged sword for the fight because it gave him the moment where Kyogai froze up because he was surprised that he like showed his papers that respect but it also like was a moment for Tanjiro to realize like how he needed to adapt his fighting to take him down so it was definitely a pivotal moment in the fight for sure and people want to call Tanjiro dull like what hero is gonna literally avoid the bad guy's papers? Like, had that been me, I literally would have been like, land on paper one, do a twirl, and then go to paper two. <laughs> Soapbox. Tanjiro is not dull. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, um, Moving on to Kyogai a little bit, I I thought it was interesting because he's the first demon that we really see like a true backstory on. We've seen, you know, moments here and there with past demons where it seems like they have something more going on than just being, oh, we're evil. We want to kill people. Um, But this is the first time we see like flashbacks and, you know, a true backstory. While it was a very simple backstory, especially compared to what we're, of course, going to see later on in the show, I felt it really resonating with me because it reminds us that demons come from a world of hurt as well. Usually it just means that their hurt is coming from humans, while the demon slayers, their hurt usually comes from demons. So we start to see that parallel kind of start. Um, How do you feel this deeper backstory sets up like the rest of the story as far as, you know, is the story really just about good versus evil or is it maybe a little bit more than that? Yeah, I don't think it's ever been about good versus evil necessarily, but it is about decisions. Um, Like you said, we see that this demon comes from a world of hurt. This is somebody who, you know, while it might seem like something that could be fleeting to others, had dreams and aspirations and was human at one point, wanted to be a writer, And if they couldn't be a writer to at least be like a a drum player. Um, And those dreams were like shot down and mocked by what appeared to be like a parental kind of figure or like some figure of authority in Kyogai's life. And I think that, you know, that admonishment beating him down over and over and over and over just led him to make a decision, like I said. And, you know, whether or not it's the right decision for us, it's hard to say, but it's a decision that he would have made in his time as a human that he turned to, you know, kind of embracing those more demonic inner qualities that he would have had. So he chose to lash out in violence and to continue to do so to try to represent Muzan and the 12 Kazuki. And, you know, he made a choice. He made a choice. I don't think that it's good versus evil, but I think that judgment can be passed from 
the people that look down upon them. So um, I think that's going to resonate in some of the rest of the story too. We're probably going to see some more detailed demon stories and, and maybe even, you know, we already have one demon that's tagging along with us for most of the story. So like, how does that kind of tie into this greater picture? But all of them, I think do have a backstory that all tie into decisions that they've made personally. And it's maybe not as simple as good versus evil. Yeah. And kind of building off of that, like good versus evil contrast, right? I think it's a, a pretty fine line or, um, or I guess this kind of blurs the line, if you will, of what a hero and what a villain is, right? I think at this point, right, we kind of see that we're all like one like bad day away from becoming a villain. And I think that like people make the joke like, oh, I'm entering my Joker era. But like, no, like I think this kind of speaks to how people's like trauma phases can affect them. And right, we've seen the obviously like positive side of it right Tanjiro and like our demon slayer Hashira using these traumas to then like move forward with their life right and try and do better for the world but also like there are mindsets or there are just people who don't have the strength to be that positive person and the other path is what's more attractive to them so I think it reminds us that villains are a lot closer than like we think they are in our minds and I feel like it kind of blurs that line of like what defines a hero because in his own sense, he's his own hero because he's taking back the hatred out that he received. And so that might be heroic in his mindset. It's just a very uh, blurred area when you look at it from that standpoint. Definitely. I like, Emily, what you mentioned with it really being a story about decisions. I feel like every single character that we've met so far has just had sadly a traumatic past of some kind which is common in a world where demons are ravaging <laughs> you know but it, it's up to that person and the decision that they made and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are an evil person it just means that maybe they're not the best decision maker or they're easily persuaded or you know something very specific happened to them so i think this is really the show's doing a great job at kind of explaining how, like I said, it's not just good versus evil. It, a lot of people like to say that it is, but it's not. It's very nuanced and there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on for sure. Um, I also felt it was a really powerful moment how Tanjiro stated like he would not forgive him when he was dying. He was like, I, you know, you've killed a lot of people. I will not forgive you. But he still showed that empathy and still even said a quick prayer over him, hoping that he rests in peace as he walked away. Um, it's one of those things that really, to me, makes me feel like he's such a real character, never preachy, because he's got like, I think I've, I've said it before, he's got that ruthless empathy where it's like he's not a forgiving person. He's not just saying like, I forgive you, but he still is understanding of their background and their history and is willing to move forward based off of that. I know I, I have to talk about him as always, but uh, <laughs> what, so what are your feelings on that? Cause this is really the first time we start to see, you know, that unforgiveness, but also that empathy kind of run parallel with each other. Yeah. Um, kind of looking at it, right, Tondro gives that quick moment and talking about being preachy, right? If this were Naruto per se, that prayer would have been 20 minutes filled with three flashbacks <laughs> and like two different arcs combined. Oh, no. 
<laughs> like I'm being real though. And I think that's just like well done writing. I think it's to the point because you can still demonstrate these characteristics, uh, you know, when you're giving this like piece of entertainment without going so far into it. And I think that's what makes Tanjiro interesting is that it's not always like this huge backstory. It's just a pure soul that we've found in the world that's going out and experiencing things. And I think that's what really makes him an interesting character is that it's not all of these other experiences. It's one experience that we have a very good story on and that heart that he's always had originally is now carrying him through to see a goal to an end. And I think that's what's really interesting about him. Yeah. You know, and I think it ties into some of the things that we already spoke about a little as well. He always is going to show empathy. How could he not? He's probably the person that could understand it the best. He's traveling with his sister, who is a demon. Um, and I think he understands that to an extent, you know, that there is like just a certain nature about them that would need to be tamed. And most of them, the demons, I mean, wouldn't have had somebody by their side to help care for them the way that Tanjiro is able to help care for Nezuko. So definitely empathetic, I think, to the situation, but still unable to forgive because, again, somebody who's extremely close to the situation, his entire family was slaughtered by demons. And so I think that he continues to see them in, you know, the bodies that continue to pile up as he enters these fights. So he's like, you did do these terrible things. Um, I do think that your skill was incredible, but you're getting what you deserve now because mm -hmm. you can't keep continuing to bring this suffering upon all these different people. So yeah, those are my general feelings. I think it's firm, but fair. <laughs> I think that's where I honestly, I used to be, and I still am like the biggest Aang stand from Avatar Last Airbender. I love that sweet boy too. They have very similar characteristics, but where I think Tondro just, steps ahead in rankings for me is that side of like, he just feels real because it just feels more natural, you know, because he has that non-forgiving ruthlessness about him that Aang, while I think it's an important part of his character that he like doesn't kill anyone or anything like that. I feel like it's something that here and there can seem very preachy. There's a whole episode where he's pretty much preaching at Katara to not enact revenge, which he was right, but he didn't go about it quite the right way i could get really deep into my comparisons between the two but i think that's why tanjiro has just like taken that place in my heart above him is because of it, it's not like one side there's multiple sides to the coin for tanjiro and i see brian i feel like you have a lot of thoughts on that too <laughs> see here's the thing it's like okay like if we compare if we take this comparison a little further because i like this comparison a lot so like diving into it right you have like these obviously like big players at play you have Aang and Ozai and you have Tanjiro and Muzan right if you put both of these pairs in the same room one of them's coming out dead one of them's just coming out in prison and I feel like it's really interesting that like Aang had to go through this entire journey of like ah am I gonna kill him and then like every mentor is like sorry bud you gotta kill that man Kiyoshi ah kill him they said I didn't kill him I don't care. He did. And then you have Tondra who's like, nah, Musa probably had a shitty past, but he also had like a lot of bad things that he consciously chose to do. And I think that's really interesting about Tondra is that he's able to maintain that like rigidness. And I think that's really hard because like, even when, you know, 
in our personal lives, like when we're giving like disciplinary action to other colleagues or employees, like it's hard to be like firm on like following a rule, but also having the empathy of understanding where the decision came from. And I think it's a really interesting concept that you can kind of pull to your daily life. We could all learn it, learn a thing or two from Tanjiro. And, you know, it's hard to compare them because both of them are on very different journeys. You know, Aang's journey truly is about finding himself and not, you know, changing his character just because the world says he needs to do that, which Tanjiro's is kind of similar to that. He has what I call a flat arc where his arc isn't about changing and growing with his circumstances. It's about staying the same person, no matter what you go through. Um, Almost done with the tangent, but (laughs) I, you know, it's just what makes him feel real. It makes him feel like he has more story to him is that level of being able to bring down his sword, even though he's feeling that empathy and makes him a great leader. Like you said, in those conversations, we've all, the three of us come from a position where we have to have those conversations and they can be tough to juggle both sides. Yeah. Cool. Well, you always know I like to show love for my boy, but let's move on to Zenitsu because I know Zenitsu is well loved in this group as well. <laughs> this kid was introduced to us as this screaming, crying, scaredy cat, and he is standing his ground against Inosuke. He's protecting this box, and it's because Tanjiro told one of the kids that what was in there was more important to him than his own life. He didn't even tell Zenitsu that directly. Zenitsu was just kind of paying attention and remembered that even in his fear of the moment when Tanjiro mentioned that in the last episode. I find it really interesting. So how do you feel this is setting up Zenitsu's character? Because it's, it, is it different from you know what we were maybe expecting with his original introduction? Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, he came in with bells on screaming and crying and his little sparrow like right from the beginning um so this i think is a really nice um little tiny redemption arc for him a little bit because even though i think it's hilarious and relatable for him to be the crybaby um you know it's not sustainable in the world that this is set up so Mm -hmm. i and i think that we know that going in watching it like there's no way this guy would be able to make it on his own if he can't um, kind of rein in that other side of him that we got to see a few episodes ago. Like if he stays the crybaby, he's not going to be able to do it. But this is somewhere in between. You know, this is not like that alter ego that's able to fight really quickly, but this isn't the crybaby either. And, you know, I thought I was thinking about like, why would he have done this as I was watching it? And I'm like, maybe he's a little bit less scared of people than he is of demons, because at least people are something that he kind of understands. And he knows that Inosuke, even though we haven't really been formally introduced yet, he knows that that is another demon slayer. So big, scary boar guy that's like beating the crap out of him. But Tanjiro also is someone that he's determined that he can trust. And that he even mentions like, you know, he has the sound the similar way that Tanjiro has the sense of smell. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just heard like the kindest sound from him that you could have ever imagined from anybody. And I know that the decisions that he makes, I'm going to stand behind and that I'm willing to fight alongside and behind this guy. So I'm going to protect this thing that he says that is so important to him. And again, I I think that maybe the reason he's willing to stand up for him a little bit could be because this is something that's more tangible in real life than a fight with demons. 
but it's just a thought. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like you said, very different from what we've seen from him so far. Um, first off, like he's on the ground, right? And he's actually, I want to point this out, right? I think he's a little bit stronger than Inosuke because like with two hands, he on the ground yeets him like four feet away from the box. If we <laughs> remember that, just Inosuke just getting thrown. And then he like hangs on for dear life. Now, maybe it's a lot easier to curl up and hold the box than it is to actually fight Inosuke. And that's his one way of showing like, hey, maybe I'm not this like bravest human being of the group, but I can take a punch. And I think that's kind of showing his own determination to kind of grow up in how Tanjiro has now touched another soul and how he's changed it, right? It comes then to his bravery and trying to, you know, stand strong for something that you may not understand yet, but it is something that's important to the people that are close to you. And I think that's just kind of the start of their beautiful friendship is that like, He's standing strong for something that not he directly believes in, but it's his friend's belief and he's willing to stand up for that. Coming back to what I said last episode, right? It's not about the anxious person. It's about the anxious person and the people around them. And they're more willing to do those things for those around them. And I think that's where this motivation comes full circle. Yeah, we definitely see a big change in what, how long have we known him now? Three episodes. I think this is the third episode where he's like an actual big part of the story and just seeing that change and standing his ground when the whole time he knew it was a demon, but he didn't ask questions. He just, you know, trusted Tondro and his kindness to carry them along through. And it was definitely a moment that I was like, wow, Zenitsu is a great character. <laughs> we love him in this house too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it's crazy that he knew that Tanjiro was with the demon the whole time. Um, but anyway, like I mentioned earlier, the start of a beautiful friendship <laughs> of our main trio. <laughs> it's quite the start to a beautiful friendship, I might add. It is rough. Very rough. Obviously... We barely see Tanjiro and Inosuke interact before the end of the episode. It's literally him running at him at like full speed with like blue anger in his forehead. Um, <laughs> but how do we feel about Inosuke's wild boar-like spirit and Tanjiro's <laughs> first introduction to him? Honestly, Inosuke kind of seems like the guy, um, you know... Every team or, uh, you know, we all know that person who thinks that they're a little bit above, like, following others' rules or, like, respecting others' wishes. And I feel like that's the vibe he gives off to start, right? Like, he is stepping on children in the previous episode, like, not giving it, like, actual concern for the child in play. He obviously stepped on some papers. I'm not sure if that happened. It's canon, but don't quote me. He, like, is just kind of doing whatever he wants, barging through rooms. And I think it's just kind of a rough start for him because, like, I'm sure somewhere in that mess of a soul, like, there's some good spots, but he's just not really good at showing them. And I think that's kind of hard for him is because, like, he probably has better things to offer this team. It's just he's a wild boar. So, you know, I'm a red bull in a china shop. I relate. So, you know. Maybe maybe he'll get there. 
I didn't like Inosuke <laughs> the first time I watched this, like during this scene, at least I was like, what is up with this guy? Like, what's his problem? <laughs> you know, like just so aggressive and like so completely the opposite of everything that we've seen in like the other demon slayers so far. And I'm like, you know, and now watching it for, I don't even know how many times it's been, but seeing it again, I'm like, look, like I kind of get where he's coming from. He's just trying to do his job. Aren't we all? <laughs> but like, but it's, but it's aggressive. It's like, he do, like you can tell that Zenitsu is like kind of wimpy. Like he doesn't need to be doing all that to him. <laughs> and, uh, Tanjiro is not happy at the end. So I think we're about to see uh, his stuff get rocked here pretty quickly in the next episode. Um, but his wild spirit probably will help them out in some future fights. So I'm excited to get to talk about that because he does barge in. Um, so that could really be his downfall, but it also, I think, could be one of his strengths that we'll get to see later on. Do you think that's the angriest we've ever seen Tanjiro in that like last five seconds of the episode? Just, I don't think we've just ever anger, seen him probably. like that angry. Maybe, maybe also at the final selection when, um, yeah, when we were seeing the girl get grabbed. That's that was, true. I, I think this might be more because this involves Nezuko. This, yeah, I mean Nezuko brings out like the beast side of Tanjiro. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um. I, also, we have to remember Enosuke was raised by boars, so maybe he yeah. just doesn't know how to interact with people yet. Just throwing Year it out of there. the boar, baby. <laughs> oh man! Well, it was a definitely a good episode with lots going on, as most of them are. Um, but do either one of you have anything else to add to this episode? I just no? want to point out that Zenitsu reverted to putting the child back in front. And he was like, okay, fine. I'll go in the room first. He was like, can you go check and make sure there's no demons there? There's no bad guys. And he's like, why are you looking at me like that? I feel that. Also, I mean, oh, go ahead. He also like was like, oh, thank you for saving me once they got out of the building. And then he was like, I didn't do anything. We fell. And then he was like, why are you crying? He's like, did I fall head first? Like, he literally wasn't scared until after everything happened. Also, at me. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Zenitsu is getting some development, but he is still the same person. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Usually, if you're someone who's naturally inclined to be scared, you're never going to fully get over that. Yeah, that's that. fair. You'll just get better at processing it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Awesome. Well, it is time now to transition to our favorite moments of the episode. I will go first. This was a very silly moment, but it had me laughing and was the first thing I could think of when I thought, what was my favorite moment of this episode? And it's when Tanjiro was calling out to Teruko and Kiyoshi after he defeated Kyogai, and they just like threw things at him. <laughs> It's such a silly moment, but I was like cackling at it. I thought it was so cute and so funny. That little interaction was adorable. And the animation <laughs> was just really silly as well. I just love it when they throw in those silly moments in the midst of like an intense episode because they do it so well. It feels so natural and never forced. It's a very anime-like comedy moment, but it was just, it was so funny. I, I can't really explain why. I just loved it. 
It's a good one. I, I agree. I really like the little moments of comedy. And I feel like you kind of need that in a show like this. Otherwise, it verges on being like too heavy. It's just going to be Attack um, on Titan then. Yeah, for real. For, <laughs> and even and even Attack on Titan has its weird little like very strange dry humor moments that are in it. And I love it. I live for that. But that is a conversation for another um, another podcast. So um, I for me, I feel like I probably have already talked about this in many of the episodes past, but I, this animation of this fight is just so stunning. This is probably my favorite fight in season one. Um, just, just like, because of how beautifully visual it is. Um, and the movement is like so rapid fire. I think it's like one of the fastest fights that we get to see in season one. And, you know, just the use of like the 3d kind of effects and, um, like the beating of the drums and the different things that go along with that. I just love the way that this looks. I just, there's just something about it, like tickles my brain the right way. So I, I love to watch this fight. And this, I think, is the most intense part of the fight that we got to watch in this episode today, too. It's the fastest that the drum demon goes. So just love it. Can't wait to see more beautiful animation come out of this studio and can't wait to see their budget keep getting bigger. So that's mine. I think my favorite episode or my favorite moment of this episode is a little off the wall, but it's as Kyoga is dying and Tanjiro like has the blood sample thing in his hand. He's like, oh, I gotta get a blood sample. And he's like disintegrating <laughs> and Tanjiro throws it in him. And I'm like, he's like, yeet! And then he's like, oh man, this is really cool. Like it just filled itself up. Awesome. And then the cat came out of nowhere and he was like, oh, hi, kitty. And like he's still disintegrating on the ground. And then he's like, oh, okay, awesome. We pack you up. Let me give you a little pet. Cat walks away. And then he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, gotta geek, co guy. Rest in peace. Like that entire scene was just like my chaotic life going from like <laughs> doing eight different things at once. They kind of did just bring in that cat, and that do, they, do we ever even see that cat again? We do, yeah. Do we at least one? We only it, see it, it. Feel like a little bit out of place in the rest of the moment. It's like, all right, cool. See, genuinely, didn't even know if animals existed in this world, and it's a <laughs> demon cat too. Wait, what? I think it just disintegrated I into think, the air. No, so I think it's, it's a cat it. that's under his like spell of blood. Oh demon. yeah, I the Yushiro spell. I guess he that's was like. True. The first meow is when it appears. The second meow is when it disappears. And it yeah. was the, yeah, okay. But damn, that just entire scene was wild to me. It's funny you mentioned that because when I was watching the episode last night, right when Tanjiro beheaded Kyogai, my wonderful husband from a different room decided to let out the longest, like, little, ah, that I've ever heard him do. And it was perfectly timed with the demon's head just like falling slowly to the ground. You would have had to have been there, but I was dying because it was really like the demon's going, ah! <laughs> same. I was like, what timing you have? He was not even in the room. He was not watching it with me. He just timed it perfectly. And it was hilarious. That's so funny. Oh, Jordan, back at it again with the comedic timing. Always. He has the best comedic timing. <laughs> All right. Well, 
that's all the time we have for today. So thank you all for listening in. Um, as always, don't forget to give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. If you do leave a comment on one of our YouTube videos, we might answer it in a future episode. So keep that in mind. Um, but we hope you all have a wonderful week. Umai. Umai. Also, since I'm a starting Attack on Titan, oh boy. if y'all want to see discussions on Attack on Titan or you want more content from it, let us know. But as always, who am I? So down. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs>